0: Chapter 66 Some people later said that we had acted too hastily. That in our greed for office we sacrificed the integrity of the country. That we had been willing to wait and to compromise. Partition would never have occurred. That Karna was the most surprised man in India when our resolution was passed because he was only asking for the mile of separation in order to have the yard of autonomy and we would have called his bluff. To all these theorists, Ganpati, I say, that's absolute cow-dung, or its male equivalent. We gave into partition because Karna's inhuman obduracy and Drupad's indecent haste left us no choice. Of course, there was a great deal we didn't know, although the whole horde of hindsight historians act as if we did. We had no idea that the sun was burning out behind Muhammad Ali Karna's increasingly pallid skin, and that within nine hours of the vivisection of our land, the half-moon on his forehead would throb feebly into eclipse. We could not have imagined either that partition, which we accepted as a lesser evil, would lead to a carnage so bloody that anything, even the chaos of an unresolved independent settlement, might have been preferable to what actually happened. Nor could we have begun to guess what the practical process of partitioning the country would involve. The appointment, for instance, of a political geographer who never in his life set foot on any of the territories he was to award either to India or to the new state of Kurdistan. It's really quite easy, the stout, bespectacled academic announced, standing with a pointer before a small-scale map. One takes a given cartographical area... There, one checks the census figures for religious distribution, and then one applies the basic principles of geography, choosing natural features as far as possible for the eventual boundary, studying elevation and relief, see these colours here, not forgetting, of course, (laughs) the position of these thin lines, which are roads or rivers, And then, then, one draws one's boundary line very carefully, like this. Lips pursed in concentration. He proceeded to trace, in a shaky hand, a rather slim line on the map. That, ladies and gentlemen, he declared, will be the new frontier between India and Khanistan in this area. He put down the pointer and half bowed, as if expecting applause. Congratulations, Mr. Nichols, a veteran administrator named Basham rose to his feet. I have lived and worked in that very district for the last 10 years and I must take my hat off to you. You have just succeeded in putting your international border through the middle of the market, giving the rice fields to Karnistan and the warehouses to India the largest pig farm in the Zilla to the Islamic State and the Madrasa of the Holy Prophet to the country the Muslims are leaving. Oh, and if I understand that squiggle there correctly, he added, taking the pointer from the open-mouthed expert, the schoolmaster will require a passport to go to the loo between classes. Well done, Mr. Nichols. I hope the rest of your work proves as easy. Of course. Stammered a beat-faced Nichols. Given the circumstances in which which we are working and the short dead deadlines, mistakes are possible. Of course, commiserated the old India hand. Field visits are out of the question, simply not feasible in the circumstances. We have no choice but to work from maps. Quite so, sympathized Basham. Field visits? Out of the question. Of course, I understand this. Just think, Mr. Nichols, if only Robert Clive had felt the same way about field visits at the time of Plassey, you wouldn't even have this problem now, would you? Yet somehow, Ganapati, it all went on. Fat little Nichols drew his lines on the map and each stroke of his pencil generated other lines, less orderly and less erasable lines. Lines of displaced human beings leading their families and animals away from the only homes they had ever known because they were suddenly to become foreigners there. Lines of buses and bullock carts and lorries and trains, all laden with desperate humanity and their pathetic possessions. Lines, too, of angry, vicious predators with guns and knives flashing as they descended on the other lines. Lines now of shooting Hitting, wounding, raping, killing, looting attackers, ripping apart the lines of stumbling, fleeing, bleeding, crying, screaming, dying refugees. In those days, Ganapati, lines meant lives.